Welcome to River Radio. We are now going to have two minutes silence to commemorate the 11th of the 11th of the 11th. They shall not grow old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun, and in the morning, we will remember them. Welcome, I'm Joe, And I'm Roddy. And you've joined us for... Stage Door! We have a fantastic hour for you talking all things theatre, film and arts, including... Lifting the curtain, giving you the inside info of all that's going on nationally, locally and digitally. Snooping around backstage to bring you the news and the gossip. And then we'll reveal our pick of the week. And it's going to be a great one. You can join us and take part in Name That Show, where we ask you to guess the musical from three brief clips of songs. And then there's our quick quiz, uh, where I throw five questions at Roddy to see how many stick. <laughs> I might slather myself in copy decks. Uh, later on in the show, don't miss Out of the Vault, where we share the plot of a show that you might not have heard of. And then don't miss our spotlight interview with theatre director Hal Chambers. And that's all hurtling your way before midday here on Stage Door. We're live across the Thames Valley. And this is River Radio. Ah, well. How are you doing, Ruddy? I'm good, thank you. I always find those silences quite emotional. I um, was on a bus once coming through London and the bus just stopped at a bus stop. Oh, and wow. said this. Uh, it was a pre-recorded message that said mm. this bus will now stop for two minutes. That's lovely. It's not really poignant. Mm, really lovely. Uh, how's your week been? 
I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, fine. Thank you very much. Good. I've had a little bit of an injury. Oh, I, I no. don't know what, but I, I think I've broken a rib. But oh, besides right. that... I was just thinking, I mean, you've been seated here since I arrived, so I didn't know whether you were limping or you've no, got a slightly no, no, dodgy no, no, shoulder. No. It's, it's been, you know, a couple of weeks and I think I'm going to have to go to a and Oh, good. Well yeah. done. You've not seen anyone about it yet then. No, well, you know. How have you broken a rib? Are you able to reveal this at 11 o'clock in the morning? No. <laughs> Let's leave that. I, um, I once had a rugby teacher who um, phoned a friend and said, um, I broke two ribs this weekend. And uh, my friend said, oh, gosh, are you all right? And he went, they weren't mine. Oh, <laughs> He'd been word. out playing rugby. Um, now, we cut off Leah in her prime last week because we she wanted to play some of the music from Cinderella. Yes. Uh, so I thought we'd have a little clip of it now. So this is Angeloid Webber's Cinderella. Oh, no! This is an outrage! Who would have done such a thing? It's that girl, it's that girl. She's the cause of our trouble. Our late turn of fate all was brought on by her. That freak, so unchic, she alone burst our bubble. The rude one, the crude one, it has to be her. It has to be her. It has to be her. Most every great disaster has a villain, a real bad apple who's the one to hate. There's only one of us fun to hate, and we all know who she is. She will not dress her dress or put on makeup. She's way too slovenly to take a buck. Don't get a manicure, do the math, and we all know who she is. There we go, Ruddy. So that's a little bit of the song that Leah Harris, who's currently uh, performing in Cinderella and the West End for Andrew Lloyd Webber's show, uh, that was her favourite song yeah, from the interview the one last said, week. It was great fun to perform, wasn't yeah. it? You can hear that. The rhythm's quite distinctive. Oh, yeah. It makes me that. want to see what the, you know, the routine is. What the, the choreography yeah. is. Yeah. Absolutely. Very choreography is. Right, well, it's time to name that show. Name that show. Right. That has to be a record for the shortest you've ever given us. Listen, <laughs> and rightly so, because that is so iconic. Yeah. The note, the sound, you know, <laughs> the synthesised, you know. Usually when you're talking about the orchestration being the thing that gives it away rather than, I don't know, the lyrics. Yeah. Um, I'm like, yeah, I don't really understand. But on this occasion, I will give it to you. You do. Can we listen to it maybe twice? <laughs> maybe twice more. Right, that's all you get. <laughs> Name That Show is the segment where, for three points during the hour, we'll play you different snippets of a song, and we want you to name the show, not the song. That's right. The show. And that's all you get for part one. Oh, no, hello. I'm just, I've just jumped to the wrong no, bit. Yeah, let's play that one more time. I wanted to play it one more time. 
Right. And also, I reckon every single person is singing the next few notes of that. <laughs> whatever, you know, what comes oh, yeah. next. Um, so please email in at joe at river.radio if you think you know the show that that song comes from. I mean, please tell me what the song is as well. That's great. But it, we're looking for the name of the show. I have this fantastic leaderboard. And if you are correct a few times for the rest of this year, you're going to get a major prize yeah. from me. J-O, no E, joe at river.radio. Right, now that sneaky curtain's already cheekily pink peeked around at us and given us a little wink. Here it is for proper, lifting the curtain. So many fabulous things happening. You know, it's just getting more and more exciting. Yeah. In the theatre world and film. It's been film. a deluge this week, I think. Oh, golly. It's just so, so much. I don't even know where to begin. But I want to make sure that everybody gets to hear what is happening, uh, not just in London and around the country, but locally, because there's yeah. some really fantastic things happening. Oh, good. Uh, should I go? Go for it. Fantastic. Okay, so at the Theatre Royal in Windsor, uh, the Cherry Orchard finishes this Saturday. So it'd be really good if you want to go and see Sir Ian McKellen and, and uh, the most incredible, uh, you know, Francesca Anderson, amazing um, legends of theatre, uh, go to see the Cherry Orchard. Yeah, it's been a long run that. I drove past it the other day and was surprised to still yeah. see the lights glowing there. Yeah. yeah. And if you've not been to a Chekhov play before, just, just maybe do a little bit of research and a bit of homework <laughs> because it is... Um, a particular type of theatre, isn't it? Um, that finishes this Saturday. And after that, they've got amazing tribute shows, just one-off nights. They've got a tribute shows of the following. Are you ready? So George Michael, Beatles, Dolly Parton and Kenny Loggins, Queen, Bee Gees, ABBA. So they've got all these separate nights and then they're getting stuck into their panto, which is Jack and the Beanstalk, which starts on the 26th of November. So if you are into tribute bands, um, please just go and have a nice night out. As I mentioned, I went and saw Amy Winehouse's tribute at Norden Farm yes. and I, it was so much better than I thought it yeah. was going to be. I don't know what I was expecting, but it was brilliant. It's so, great, isn't it? If you, I love variety, spice of life, and the absolutely. fact that you can go and watch something, um, you know, high art Chekhov, and then the next week you can go and watch the Bo- Bootleg Beatles or whichever tribute band it yeah, is. Yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. Now, at the Watermelon Newbury, um, you've been obviously talking, and we both have, about the Jungle Book, which is coming, yes. um, opening on the 18th of November, yes. and that lovely little pyjama. Uh, yeah. version which we need to make sure that you don't attend um, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> no <laughs> you get there with, with your slippers um but uh there's a new uh, theatre show called Spike coming next year mm. with that's uh, been written by Ian Hislop and Nick Newman. Yeah, and it's based on. I can see your eyebrows I'm rising. It's Spike Milligan. It is. Yeah. On the Okay. Anyway, so it's all sort of based around the Goon Show, and and while Harry Seacombe and Peter Sellers were becoming overnight celebrities, it's kind of like looking at where Spike was creating and pushing boundaries and everything, driving the BBC a little bit mad. Um, but the thing is that the bookings are now open for that. It's not um, until the 27th of January, but once again, a fabulous Christmas present. Yeah. It's the 27th of January to the 5th of March at the Watermill in Newbury. Um, bookings are open and have been for a couple of days, so don't miss that opportunity. Wow, and I love Ian Hislop. Yes. Always been a fan of his. Yeah, well, that sounds his, great show, fun. his shows are very popular. So. And I hadn't thought, it's an ideal Christmas present, isn't it, a theatre ticket? Absolutely. How lovely. Hint, 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 hint. Uh, right, looking further afield, Payne's Plough, that renowned yes. theatre company, writer Ifeanwa Frederick's latest play, Sessions, is at the Soho Theatre this November. Uh, now, it opened last week, it's on till the 4th of December, uh, and it's about a character, Tunde, who starts therapy for his 30th birthday. Yeah, uh, now, it I was think, on at Norden Farm. Yeah, ah, yeah, of course, I was going to say, I 
looked at that it had been all around here. Mm. I mean, it's, it did the mill at Banbury, uh, did Norden Farm, I saw South Hill Bracknell. But if you miss that, um, it's in it's in Soho at the Soho Theatre, uh, and I can sympathise with the idea of um, commiserating for somebody uh, turning thirty. I'm apparently like twenty five to twenty nine is just training, but thirty hits him like it's real. It it looks a little bit like all right. Flea bag comparisons are a little bit left, right, and centre, and a bit ubiquitous, and perhaps a little bit lazy. But I think there's something about coming of age in a later generation. I mm-hmm. feel like it's a sort of millennial late awakening. It stars Joseph Black, uh, who uh, was at Bristol Old Vic, trained at Bristol Old Vic. He did Othello last year. He did Jungle Book at Greenwich a couple of years ago. So he's a rising star. Uh, so that's Payne's Plough's production of Sessions at the Soho Theatre. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and uh, just mentioning Norton Farm, which that had previously yes. been at. Norton Farm have um, this... Oh, tomorrow. It's tomorrow Ooh. night. Uh, the Friday the 12th, 7.30pm. Um, a fabulous uh, rising star of comedy called Sarah Barron. I don't know if you've heard of her. Oh. Well, she's um, you know been on Would I Lie to You, 8 Out of 10 Cats, Live at the Apollo. She's done multiple runs at Soho Theatre, been you know, acknowledged in Edinburgh Fringe, etc., etc. Yeah. Anyway, so she's bringing a show uh, called Enemies Close Up, which I think is a great <laughs> title, uh, to Norton Farm tomorrow night. And she's examining kindness, meanness, ex-boyfriends, current husbands, all four remaining friends and two of her 12 enemies. So if you want a really good night and just just escape, have a laugh, go to Norton Farm tomorrow night, 7.30pm to see Sarah Barron. Very nice. Um, now, I'm obviously very fond of the National Theatre and they've got Hex, which they've started okay. pushing very heavily. Lots of posters around London for it. Um, it's at the National Theatre's Olivier, the big auditorium, the big Greek-inspired space. Um, it opens in previews from the 4th of December and it's the latest in quite a long line of shows that are reworking classic fairy tales. So this one is a reworking of Sleeping Beauty. Nice. And it tells the tale of the fairy trying to undo the Hex placed on the princess. So Ooh. getting sort of Andrew Lloyd Webber syndrome vibes and um, the music goes by Jim Fortune a book by Tanya Ronda so it probably won't surprise you that her husband who's the artistic director of the uh, National Theatre <laughs> Rufus Norris is directing it and he's written lyrics for the piece okay. which is extraordinary I wondered if they cooked it up in lockdown sort of got this image of them collaborating together on the sofa um, the cast is led by Rosalie Craig as the fairy. Oh, fabulous. And Tamsin Carroll as Queenie, mm-hmm. um, who's an Australian actress who I last saw at the Melbourne Theatre Company Did as you? Maria in Twelfth Night. And Mariah in Twelfth Night. I, was like, I saw the name and went, hang on, I think I saw her in Australia. Anyway, she's a big star. She's at the National in Hex as well. And also Tamsin Dowsett, who we had on yes. Stage Door a couple of months ago now. Uh, she's in the company as well, which is oh, exciting, which is where awesome. I first saw it, was she um, gleefully announced that she was in it. So that's Hex at the National Theatre from the 4th of December. I, I, I even just like the concept of, you know, what it's about. So, yeah, yeah that's nice, nice twist. Awesome. Now, um, I've mentioned uh, this before, but I want to mention it again because it starts um, next week. At the Unicorn Theatre, Julian Clary's uh, show, based on his best-selling book, The Bolds, is yes. on. So uh, if you're looking for something fabulous for the kids, it's on until the 31st of December, and that might even be a really nice New Year's Eve treat for kids as well. Yeah. Um, you know, if you adults are going out that evening, take the kids out to go and see some theatre <laughs> during the day. Uh, keep them happy. Yeah, wipe them out. Their little treat. Um, but Unicorn Theatre, Julian Clary's um, The Bolds. And it's really, really good fun. It's about hyenas that um, are trying to pass as uh, humans. And that's on from the 14th of November. Now, 
Did you see that Zorro has announced that yes. it's coming next year yes. uh, to the Charing Cross Theatre? I love the film uh, Mask of Zorro. Um, this is the musical. It's based, uh, the music's by the Gypsy Kings, who you probably know from Bumbo um, Very and good, John, buddy. <laughs> and John Cameron, who's a British composer who wrote the Top of the Pops theme tune, is probably <laughs> his most famous thing. Um, the book, interestingly, because it's a few years old, this show, is co written by Helen Edmondson, who's an incredibly high profile yeah. British writer. Um, she's worked with shared experience she wrote small island that's okay. the show i'm very um, excited to see is coming back to the national and we'll talk about another time but um, brilliant writer she co-wrote it and for those of you who like me loved the 1998 film mask of zorro the original story i didn't know this is Go actually on. an american one that's 80 years older it's a sort of legend that's um, uh, an american legend that survived and it was last in the West End after a tour in 2008 with Emma Williams okay. uh, and Leslie oh. Margarita, uh, who won an Olivier for it. She was then the original Mrs. Wormwood on Broadway. So, a fascinating original cast. They did a one-night concert of it in February 2020 with projections instead of set. Mm. Then another version, weirdly enough, started to open up and did one preview, possibly two previews, but like tentative baby steps. Sure. Anyway, that production company is remounting it March next year, Charing Cross Theatre. So Amazing. Zorro, something to look forward to. Yeah, and that's such a lovely little intimate theatre as well. Um, if you're around Chiswick at all, um, right now at the Chiswick Playhouse, there is a show called Love Dance, and it's a comedy written by Andy Walker and directed by, oh, sorry, written by Andy Walker and uh, directed by Leslie Manning. And I think it's very uh, exciting to see local stuff and new things. So yeah. if you want to support new writers and new plays, have a look at Love Dance, which looks fantastic at the Chiswick Playhouse, and it's on now. Ooh. Now, I'm, I'm going back to the National Theatre because I love it so much. Yep. Um, I had forgotten about the play Manor. Now, okay. Man is a play that was um, tentatively trying to come onto stage eons ago and then got closed down. And it's back. It's a new play by Moira Buffini. So you know it's going to be darkly comic. She wrote The Dig, Handbagged, wonderful oh. writer. Um, it's on in five days' time. So it starts previewing on the 16th of November. It's on until January. That's in the Littleton, their bigger proscenium art space. Um, and it's about a woman called Diana who's struggling to keep the roof on her rundown manor house in stormy weather when some strange seek shelter mm. and I think there's something a little bit unsettling about these strangers whether it be their appearance or in some cases I think their political views Ooh. but it's very funny um, Nancy Carroll from The Crown is in it Sean Evans from Vigilant Endeavour are in it and um, I've seen some clips of it and right from the beginning I've always thought that is going to be brilliant and I'd completely forgotten about it how exciting and that's now coming it's back here. 16th of November National Theatre that's absolutely awesome. You know what, Roddy? It's just as well that this is a podcast, isn't it? <laughs> because there's so much information, so many dates that, you know, people can go back and listen to it on Spotify or um, Apple or whatever and, and get those dates. Yeah. And all that, especially when we come up to our pick Ooh, as well, a bit yeah. later. Right. Well, let's listen to some music. Fab.
song uh, sung by Miranda Cosgrove from the film Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Oh, very nice. There are a couple more things I want to just rattle off. Go. Um, the first of which is a digital one. In fact, both of them are Mothering Sunday is in cinemas on November the 12th, so tomorrow. It stars right. Josh O'Connor, um, Colin Firth, Olivia Colman, Odessa Young, Soapy Dirisu. So it's, an, it's a killer cast. It looks heartwarming and funny. I'm really intrigued by it. It's called Mothering Sunday. That opens on November the 12th in cinemas. Fantastic. Uh, something a little bit different. Oh. Bristol Vic is looking for um, a young actor. Hello. I'm available. Young actor. (laughs) Oh, shade. Well, Roddy, it says they must be over 18 with a playing age of 16. Okay, yeah, I could shave. Uh, okay. <laughs> what are you anyway. touching your skin for, in a way, to try and mirror the, the wrinkles on my no, face? No, not at all, not at all. Okay. Um, maybe the lack of hair. But anyway, um, wig. <gasps> Look at this. This is incredibly... No, I need support, please. Really? Need support, After dog. last week's little comment about I, my hips... I merely mentioned that yeah. they squeaked a little. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Bristol Ovic is seeking young male to play the lead role in Ross Willis's um, play Wonder Boy. And it's running from March. Oh, sorry, I've got a little tickle in my throat. It's running from March next year, but they're looking for somebody because the character has a stammer and they really would like to find somebody who has real-life experience of stammering, if at all possible. And they, you know, acting experience is not necessary, but you must be over 18 with a playing age of 16. The deadline to apply for this is the 30th of November. So if you or know anybody... um, 
that it fits that brief. It would be fantastic if we could get some brilliant new talent out there. Go to the Bristol Ovic um, for more information. And the play is called Wonder Boy. Deadline 30th of November. Oh, very nice. Now, the other film I've got is not so much a film uh, immediately announcing, but it's casting. Oh. Which is Wicked. Yes. Did you see Wicked has announced its casting? So Cynthia Erivo and Ariana Grande are yes. to play the leads in the film of Wicked, which has been long anticipated. And yep. it, actually, it's been in the process for quite a while. The yeah. cops have been going around. Um, but really exciting to see that they're both casting. The video of them um, congratulating one another is so exciting. Oh, I've not and seen that. Yeah, they're both on a sort of Zoom chatting to yeah. each other. Now, other video software are available. Um, and then there's a lovely bit where uh, fans have found an Ariana tweet from um, 2011, oh. I think it is, from when from her Nickelodeon days, way before mm. the sort of superstar fame she's achieved now. Um, and she tweeted, loved seeing Wicked again, amazing production, made me realise again how badly I want to play Glinda at some point in my life. Hashtag dream role. Oh, how lovely. that's fantastic. And then she's got it. There's also quite a lot of fun on Twitter um, with people pleading that James Corden not be allowed anywhere near it. <laughs> well, yeah. It always seems to wheedle his and way into these speaking films. Speaking of which, oh, next yes. week our interview guest is David Heal, who is actually in a play that's called, um, you know, the, the play that doesn't have James Corden in it. Really? Yeah. It's, uh, it's are there any of those? Well, this one is. Oh, yeah, very nice. Very interesting. Good. Uh, Go on. What else have you got? I was just going to say the Actors Centre, which we've all been to a zillion yes. times um, in uh, London. Uh, it is changing to mm. become the Seven Dials Playhouse. Yeah, nice name. Which is, yeah, exactly. So it's set to be the only studio receiving house in the West End. It's a hundred-seater. Uh, it's still going to be development of professional theatre and artists. But they're going to have four- to six-week runs with high-profile leading practitioners across all creative programs with emphasis and collab- on collaboration and support. So that's going to be really interesting. I mean, it's just an overhaul of the Actors Centre, which has been, you know, like a solid base for um, actors for many, many, many years. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see uh, how that, you know, yeah, how it develops. Out. They're opening up in February with Steve, a production of a new show called Steve, um, and that has got Jenna Russell and David, um, David Ames in it. David Amos, very exciting. Awesome. Jenna Russell's a massive name, directed by Andrew Keats. So that's coming to that. Yeah, player. so there's some really exciting things happening. And of all of those things, they're not even our pick. Here it is. Okay, you're going to love this one, Ruddy. Oh, yeah. Okay, I, I, I can't remember if I mentioned it before, but The Good Life. What yeah. comes to mind when you hear... Um, a blue background, flowers going around, and bum, 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 but Felicity Kendall, yep. Richard Bryars. Yep, perfect. Okay, so that fabulous 1970s sitcom. Now, the, the play has been um, on at the Cambridge Arts Theatre. Um, it finishes tomorrow and it's going on a mini tour. Now, the reviews have been incredible, mm. all right? Even down for, you know, congratulating the set designer on how clever oh, wow. it is as well. So... We know the the good life is about the life of Tom and Barbara, who are yeah. very earthy, mm. sort of you know, gardening well, kind of people. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Tom is played by Rufus Hound. Oh yeah, good. Yep. Uh, Barbara is played by Sally Tatum. Do you know Sally? Mm, I might reckon it might be one of those people I reckon it's Tatum. T a t u n. Okay, just yeah. looking her up. Yeah. Um, and of course, the posh people, Jerry and Marg. 
Margot. Margot. Um, Dominic Rowan is playing Jerry, and Priya Kalidas is playing oh, Margot. Oh, great. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so, it, and she's been um, praised as well on her performance of Margot, even, you know, copying mannerisms uh, down set from um, the wonderful... Penelope Keith. Thank you very much. <laughs> More coffee, Joe. Um, <laughs> oh, anyway. I haven't had any of mine. <laughs> so, that... That's, as I said, uh, at Cambridge Arts Theatre till tomorrow, but then it's going on a tour. So you can catch this at Malvern, Richmond and Chichester. I know that's not loads, but the more we support theatre, the more it gets a chance to Richmond's be out there. not too difficult for us to get to. No, of course not. Valley. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's what I thought. That's why I'm mentioning it. So The Good Life, what a fabulous, yeah. guaranteed... Great time, yeah. if you were watching that when you were growing up. Yeah, it's a glorious show, right. Well, we probably ought to duck into part two of Name That Show. Okay. Da, 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 ba, da, ba, ba. Name That Show. Well, if you felt we were being a bit mean with part one, here's a slightly longer clip. Silent tears full of pride. Oh, there we go. Yep, and... Thankfully, you know, I don't know if you know, but you can see on my leaderboard in front of me. Yeah, yeah, that Carol is always pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. She's bang on again from that yeah. first oh, example. Really? So, Carol, you're right. You sort of like tied first in the uh, leaderboard situation with Name That Show. Very good. Uh, she's named the show and the uh, song. Right. For if, any, if anyone else is feeling a bit forlorn that they haven't got it yet, here it is again. Silent tears full of I really want to sing, sing the, next the next bit. Line. It's so infectious. I tell you what, when we play the whole thing at the end of the show, Roddy, you can sing to your heart's content. Oh, I might dance we'll just around. make sure that the microphone is down. Yeah, I've got my spandex. Yeah, uh, slightly worrying. <laughs> so if you know what that is, joe at river.radio. Not just the song, uh, we want the name of the show. That's right. This is River Radio and you can listen on our website, river.radio, on our mobile app for Apple and Android. Just search for River Radio Live. And you can even tell Alexa, play River Radio Live. And you can help Roddy with the quiz. Now, you're going to really like me. Oh, am I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ish. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the quiz this week... Is about composers. Right. Okay, of musical okay. theatre. I'm just off to the car. See you All later. Right. Okay. No chance. Just, uh, just take my pen okay. and your paper oh, because you probably pen. will need it, in all honesty. Okay. All right. Pass me over. There we there go. We go. Yeah, and that one. Okay. Yeah, now, go. I'm going to give you ten. Oh. Don't give me this. Yeah. No, but it's still out of five. I'm giving you double the chance to, to yeah. be successful all right, here. Go on then. All right. Don't give me that face. Okay. All right, so I'm going to give you initials of ten composers, and you, to be successful, you need to have at least five of them correct. What do you mean to be successful? Otherwise, well, I get shot. To be no, successful, but to get five out of five, five, I just need five. Oh, okay. Yes. So I've got a fifty-fifty chance. So I am being really generous. Okay, no, I feel that is quite nice. Thanks. Yeah. Always read the terms and conditions. <laughs> just listen to me for a change. That'd be nice. Right. Okay. The Pardon? first one. The <laughs> the initials are S and S. Okay, so we're looking for musical theatre composers with these initials, SS. Oh, so, oh that's first name, surname. We're not talking yes. to... Yeah, got you. First name, surname, yep. The second one is CMS. Uh, CMS. Wrote mm. a very, very famous show. Oh, right. Okay, three. A little bit more diverse. CP. Yep. 
Okay, number four, RR. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Five, you like this one, AM. I like this one. Yes. Oh, do I? Yeah. <laughs> okay, six. I don't like the morning. Um, six yeah. is JRB. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. ALW. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eight. GG. GG. Yep. As in horse. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. This question kind of came up recently in a quick quiz as well. That one. Um, nine LMM. Um, Come on. You got this. LMM. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. And 10 JL. Okay, so for our listeners, we're looking for musical theatre composers uh, with these initials, first name, surname, SS, CMS, CP, RR, AM, JRB, ALW, GG, LMM, and JL. (laughs) Right, I'm on the ropes here. I reckon I've got four or five. So to be sure of getting enough points, I need your help. Roddy at River.Radio, if you know who the heck any of those are. You've got two minutes. Help me out. I've always had the hope that on the day I go to heaven, Heavenly Father will shake my hand and say, You've done an awesome job, Kevin. Now it's our time to go out and set friend. the world's people free. And we can do it together, you and me, but mostly me. me but mostly me are gonna change the world forever because i can do most anything and i can stand next to you and watch every hero needs a sidekick every captain needs a mate every dinner needs a side dish on a slightly smaller plate and now we're seeing eye to eye it's a great Just mostly me Something incredible I'll do something incredible I want to be the Mormon Who changed all of mankind My best friend Something I foreseen Now that I'm 19 I'll do something incredible That blows God's freaking mind about to change for you and life is about to change for me and life is about to change for you but me mostly and there's no limit to what we can do me and you but mostly
nice big breath there for that final note. And that is for you and me from the Book of Mormon. And time is up. It is, Roddy. Okay. Time at the bar, ladies and gentlemen, please. So I have said to you, there is ten, but if you get five, that's the equivalent of five out of five. Okay. okay? Oh, just checking my emails, hopefully. Oh, oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Which at least makes me feel better that I don't know quite a lot of these, because I uh, presume that people are being quiet, because they're also going, what the... I know. Okay, so I gave you initials of first name and surname of composers of musical theatre. Okay, so the first one I said was SS. You've actually got two choices for this. Oh, well, I've put Stephen Schwartz. Fabulous. You've also got Stephen sometime if you wanted. <laughs> of course. Yeah? Well oh, done. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's correct. CMS... Uh, didn't know this. I mean, I know that as um, the Copyright Music Society or Christian or something oh, like that. Oh, uh, Claude Michel Schoenberg, Lamez. Right. Heard of Schoenberg, wouldn't have known the first two words. Okay, that's fine. Three, CP. Cole Porter, yes. I went with. Yes. Have well, a load of that. Done. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Um, I did Richard Rogers. Yes. Yes. Well done. Oh, three. Doing well. Um, AM. <laughs> Pride comes before a fault. Not a clue. Alan Menken. Oh yes, a uh, my name my brain doesn't jump to Alan when I see the initial A. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Fine. Six uh, was J R B. Jason Robert Brown. Yes, correct. Seven A L W. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yep. Eight G G. <laughs> Don't know. George Gershwin. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, not impossible. Yep. Nine L M M. Lin Manuel Miranda. Correct. And finally, ten J L. I didn't know. Uh, Rent, Tick, uh, Tick, Boom, mm, Jonathan Larson. Uh, Jonathan Larson, yeah. Oh, three, four, five, six. I got six. Six. So does that mean so really you I got... actually, you got does, does full that... marks. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. This is how all exams should work. <laughs> uh, right. Yay. Well done. It's Fantastic. not your area of expertise, so I'm really, no. really proud of no, you. I, I think I sh- should ask you some Shakespeare questions. You know week. what's going to happen. <laughs> You're not going to turn up that week. You're going to phone in sick. Right, it's time for us to open up the vault, isn't it? Oh, so great. Um, I've got the pin, there we go. Well Fantastic. worn routine now. Can we grab the um, um, croissant? I've got my croissant, there we go. Just pop that there. Brilliant. Oh, yeah, there we go, we're in. Yep. Okay. Cool. Can you do the roller deck? Yeah, I'll me? do that. Give that a good spin. And we've. Oh, I don't know what this is. We've got F. F. F for Freddy? No, no, no. It's oh. going to be F for fame. Fame! Go on. No. <laughs> no, because that was a bit high. <laughs> Hey, listen, you know, you can do anything. It's fine. Anyway, fame. We're going to talk about fame, the musical. Now, I know that we know fame as, you know, something based from, you know, a movie that went to a TV show and then into um, musical form. But, you know, I'm constantly being surprised and shocked that our younger generation do not know these things. Right? They haven't got their knee on tights. Exactly. So I thought, even though. my age group, I'm not even going to put you in my age group, my age Thanks group for that. <laughs> would know this really, really well. Uh, I thought it would be good just to recap and see what fame is about. So fame is a stage musical based on the 1980 musical film, uh, also called Fame, with a book by uh, Jose Fernandez, music by Steve Margosius, and lyrics by Jack Levy. Um, it was conceived and developed by David De Silva, who also um, did the actual film. So the, the musical has come based from 
the film itself. Um, and Fame the Musical follows the highs and lows of the final class of New York City's illustrious high school for the performing arts. And from their first year in 1980 to their graduation in 1984. And it tells the story of several of the students depicting their struggles, their triumphs, their tempestuous relationships with sincerity and dramatic effect. And we see their struggles with ambition, fame, self-confidence through the eyes of the students, such as Carmen, who's the ambitious dancer, obsessed with fame, uh, serious actor Nick. Um, ah, over- hello, that sounds like my part. <laughs> Overweight dancer Mabel, the talented dancer Tyrone, who struggles desperately with dyslexia. Um, the show does not shy away from complex issues such as racial prejudice, drug abuse and sexual exploitation, as the young performers explore the realities of striving for a career in show business now it's had worldwide success obviously um for many 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 years and i even know you know some local groups doing it uh very soon actually really yeah um but you know it's it's great for a growing generations of young performers to have an ability to perform in this particular show as well um i know it is set in the 80s but obviously there's going to be lots of similarities to some of the um trials and tribulations that performers in general uh, cope with even today so it does provide a unique opportunity to display um, diverse range of talents on on stage if you are a performer uh, including dancing singing acting rapping and general musicianship it is beautiful music yeah. and right now i want to play uh, irene yes. cara singing fame sometimes i wonder Help me 
is a very famous song out here on my own sung by Irene Cara from Musical Fame. You're listening to River Radio online at river.radio on Apple, Android and Alexa. You can listen again on our website. We're a podcast on Apple and Spotify and we're coming soon to DAB. And still to come, find out if you've correctly managed to name that show. But now to our spotlight interview with Hal Chambers. Well, very pleased to welcome to Stage Door this week, it's director Hal Chambers. Hello. Hello. Can you remember what hooked you into theatre? Well, I think probably being a young man, boy, uh, and um, going to see musicals with my parents who enthusiastically oh. bought tickets to either the West End or more likely the Wickham Swan, which is slightly Yay. less gla- glamorous, so local to some of our listeners perhaps. Yay. Yeah, so I remember watching Starlight Express as a sort of BDI nine-year-old. Yes. thinking, whoa, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Look at the way they're moving on their rollerblades. Look at them singing <laughs> all at the same time. And it was immersive. It was kind of all around you, the tracks. And I remember thinking, oh, right, that's quite, that's quite cool. I, I quite like that. And obviously we were immersed in music in our household, uh, especially on long car drives, uh, sounds of the Pet Shop Boys, Tina Turner, the Beatles, which sort of fill my ears and, and get my mind a-whirring as a, a very young boy. And so I've always been interested in creative arts. But really, truly, Roddy, I was a, a young man obsessed with football. So, um, you know, <laughs> I spent a lot of my time on the terraces of Wickham Wanderers, uh, my dreams dying in front of my eyes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, and I played football and I was obsessed with sport. And I love that idea of the live spectacle, you know, the, the audience enraptured in the moment um, and the atmosphere, something a little like a, a kind of gladiator's um, what do you call it, Colosseum, you know, that sense of um, drama that is so visceral. I remember being really struck by that as well. So these two kind of great loves and interests, sort of artistic world and the football world, came together in my first week of university, at the University of Sussex, where I tried out for the football team, you know, that there are four teams, you know, they play other universities. I would have been there, you know, Wednesday nights, you know, on the sports head nights out, I would have been a legend walking through Sussex University or through Brighton. Look at me, the football man. Um, you know, that's my, that was my dream. And I also tried out for Romeo and Juliet, the, the big university play in the Gardner Arts Centre, a 500-seater uh, venue. And I thought, well, fat chance I'll get into that because I've really been a little shy around drama. I had done drama as a GCSE uh, and a bit of performing arts in A-level, but really and truly, I think my heart was in the sports world. So anyway, I, I tried out for the football team and I went for the Romeo and Juliet audition and I did not get in the football team, Roddy. I, I'm just dealing with this now, uh, and really 20 <laughs> years later. Um, 
I did not make the cut, not even the fourth team. Such was my talent. Uh, but I did, beyond my comprehension, get back the role of Romeo in Romeo and Juliet. And that oh, is wow. One of, yeah, I and mean, that is one of the great kind of crossroads moments. Now, I had no idea if this to do with skills or anything, but anyway, they seem to like um, my sheer abandon. I frankly went for it in the auditions, and it was a really interesting production because there was very little set. It was all about it was kind of a lot of mime and physical theatre, and there was a bizarre French electro-pop soundtrack and it was a really daring production and I remember being very inspired by that so that really was a kind of gliding doors moment and from there I started directing plays in my own right because I, I probably was one of these annoying actors I'm sure you know them Roddy you may well be one of them who always <laughs> says I've got an idea uh, so I decided to put them well, metaphorical money where my mouth was and started directing play I started with a nice easy one Roddy it was called After the Fall by Arthur Miller um, probably one of the most complicated plays anyone can comprehend let alone a plucky student for 19 years old. A play about loss, about survivor guilt, about the Holocaust, about the McCarthy era in America. Uh, even I didn't know what the hell I was talking about, but somehow, <laughs> some way, we cobbled together something quite beautiful. And that was the start. After university, I set up a theatre company called Tucked In, and they were a puppetry company, who you would know rather well, having worked with us many years later. And from there, well, that was the theatre company that launched Thousand Ship. That really took me to the National Student Drama Festival, and got me my, I suppose, was part of the reason I wanted to train in classical theatre at the Bristol Olympic theatre school and um that that was really the start of my great journey into freelance directing really tell us about tucked in then tucked in was a company that i sort of made in brighton with a few close friends who i've been collaborating with first off made shows that were storytelling based they didn't necessarily have puppetry in but by good fortune uh, a wonderful woman called b pentney who was a uh, worked on the bar in comedia in brighton where i was a house manager she told me that she made puppets and i was very intrigued so she made a puppet for a show called Jack a Jack, which I wrote with my company and we developed together. And that ended up going to the National Student Drama Festival. Now, we made this show in a tiny little spit and sawdust rehearsal room at Sussex University. And it got picked up by the Lyric Hammersmith and wow. by the Theatre or Bath and, and the tour of the UK. So that was kind of a bit mad, really, and because we really were blagging it. Our, everything about what we'd done was very raw, but it was clearly something there. And, and that kind of inspired us to think I wanted to years of touring work where we packed everything into the back of a Peugeot 206 and went off to festivals and venues around the UK including many good days at Glastonbury and Latitude and, and Edinburgh and really those were formative days because there I saw some of the great art that inspired me to go on and follow a, a really strong and committed freelance career so the tucked in was really the formation of my real love for the visual world of theatre puppetry movement music infusing all of their work with those kind of key ingredients What's your favourite kind of show to create what fires you up I think it's the bringing together of the elements yeah I think that's when you can harness the powers of your creative team you know if you think you, that you are you're like Splinter and your creative team are the turtles you need to bring the, the right team together and get them to perform at their very best using their various skill sets um, so you know if you've got a great composer you've got to get the, the best out of them and, and using their, their music to really be at the forefront of what it is and sometimes you want music that has lyrics and in a song and sometimes it's all about atmosphere so using those various you know movement could be the movement director could be the designer and making sure that those elements will come together but really it comes down to me about a theatre being an event that is shared and it comes back to the field of Adams Park where I watched the Mighty Wicked Wanderers and that spectacle and that feeling of being together you know watching something 
dramatic uh, unfold that sense of the visceral and i want to get that feeling in my plays that the audience can get into it and get really hooked and it can take their breath away yeah and you like unusual spaces as well because haven't you done a play in an aircraft hangar i have indeed yeah i've directed plays in aircraft hangars and churches in you know issues shopping centers and i've also directed something in a peep show where people can look in through two-way mirrors so i'm very interested in places that are unusual because i think they have a certain power for example that you mentioned the aircraft hangar where they saw the military aircraft but they also used to test the jet engines down these huge tunnels and one of those tunnels was in this particular space and we used it to bring out a huge puppet of a of a giant that strode down backlit with smoke pouring around it and it walked onto the stage and we'd hidden this massive tunnel for the duration of the play until the end of the first half and then up came the clank at the gate and we then saw this uh, extraordinary kind of spectacle of the audience thinking where did you get that from and I think you know they make the performances even more special and exciting and daring and it challenges a director and the team to bring themselves to it because you can't go in there and pretend that you're in a traditional theatre you have to harness the energy of those spaces for example when we made Twelfth Night in, in Reading and you played Fest Day in our in our production you know your voice singing in there and, and the voices of all these actors it sounded like a million dollars just using the natural sound within this space great and just looking at your cv here i see you've done quite a lot of work in and around education haven't you oh yeah i think you know i think i've learned as much if not more from young people than i have from the professionals in my career you know, there's nothing like the raw talent of a you know a larry 12 year old who, who who doesn't know what proper acting is really they're just putting their heart on the floor and giving you everything and they're just playing a, an intention so so intensely because they've got such little inhibition you know at that age you know real kind of confidence that maybe we lose a little bit when we get older and you're that young and you have that hope and that you know power it's really exciting you know i, I love working collaboratively with them and have done a variety of projects across the UK, you know, most notably, I suppose, at the Shakespeare's Globe Education Department, where for years I run the youth company and we would make shows on both the Globe stage and Sam Wanamaker's stage and seeing young actors from London, very diverse group, you know, really going out, you know, Merchant of Venice or King Lear, giving it some, <laughs> and you think, wow, yeah, it's great. And speaking of Shakespeare, you mentioned the Globe there. Would you like to tell us what happened to you during 2020? You had a slightly unusual ride through the year. Well, I mean, how long you got? <laughs> I mean, it has, it's been a completely bizarre and wonderful and strange two years. I started working at the Royal Shakespeare Company in January 2020. And, you know, I was going to be there for a year to do the Comedy of Errors as an assistant director to Philip Breen. Um, and working at the RSC, you know, you... You don't just be an assistant. You're very much used within the building. It's, it's, a, it's a nice job. Three months into the gig, we were about to go into tech in Stratford-upon-Avon. And, and you can imagine what happens next in this giant twist. Um, and, you know, we were sort of halted in our steps. You know, we kind of thought maybe it'll be six to eight weeks and we'll be back. Um, instead of getting rid of us or, you know, cancelling the show, which they did do with other companies, they shut down the Swan entirely and all the projects that were due to happen there. We were kept on. Um, which is quite a miracle, really. The Comedy of Errors, mm. of course, is a play of miracles. And, and the great miracle was that they managed to keep our acting company, along with me and Aaron, our other assistant director. Uh, so we stayed with the RSC. And at one point, because of the various people they'd furloughed, there was probably about 40 people running the Royal Shakespeare Company and us, about 25 wow. creatives. And then there was the stage management as well. And so we were just tasked with sort of running almost like a kind of grassroots version of whatever the RSC is, making theatre outside, 
loads of digital work. We were doing things like helping kids with their homework, recording podcasts. We made an indoor festival in the Royal Shakespeare Theatre, which was live streamed, all about Christmas, called the Festive Tales Festival. I made videos on how to play Foursquare and uh, various other games that we play in the rehearsal room, but from home. I mean, I felt like the Joe Wicks of theatre at a certain point, <laughs> such as the output of very strange theatre-related stuff. Anyway, then we finally were let go. We were told, bye-bye, thanks for everything. And we all kind of were a bit sad and cried into our cornflakes. But at that time, my daughter was being born, so I suppose I was too kind of caught up with that. Yay. Yeah, and then a couple of weeks later, and we got a call saying, you know what, it's not off, it's back on. We're going <laughs> to build you a theatre that's in Stratford-upon-Avon by the Avon, yeah. And we're going to play all summer. Oh, and then we're going on tour for three weeks and then we're going to the Barbican. So that's quite a big twist from basically. Yeah. Wow. And we made a show that was obviously very emotional. It was emotionally charged. We were rehearsing under strict COVID restrictions, but we eventually made the show. And, you know, the show is about families who've been kind of lost and then they found each other again. The comedy of errors is obviously very funny, but there's a poignant underbelly to it, which I think obviously came out in the context. And I think, you know, the play ends on this rather somber note where Amelia says, uh, after such long grief, such nativity. And, yeah. uh, and of course, the final image is of two Dromeos embracing each other and cuddling each other, holding each other. And of course, for so long, we could touch our friends and family for fear of infection. Yeah. And even now, months on now, we've been playing it, still get a, a huge amount of reactions from the typical, ah, to a real stillness and you can feel the sort of emotion and the tears in the audience even all the way through to clapping spontaneous applause you never quite know what they're going to do it's alive yeah. and it is completed when the audience answer that question so the play for me holds a special magic we just finished our tour we've been to Bradford and I've been to Canterbury which is a beautiful place and everyone should visit it and to Nottingham as well uh, and we're going to the Barbican next which is one of my favourite theatres in the world so I'm rather going to be starstruck I think when we go there so we start tech in a couple of days wow that's so exciting so we can all come and see it at the Barbican. Thank you so much for joining us on Stage Door. Hal Chambers. Thanks, guys. I've got my air drum on the go. Good. I mean, that length is obviously making up for the short bit of the for the first example absolutely yeah. go on then for those who are still scratching up the walls what is it the show is flesh dance yeah and the song is what a feeling very good so so we'll play you out with what a feeling from flesh dance but for this week that's it from us join us next thursday at 11 on river radio for more from, from the, the stage, stage door, door. But a slow glowing dream that your fear seems to hide deep inside your mind. All alone, I have cried. Silent tears full of pride in a world.